Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We've got a great show in store. And you may have heard me share about this on tour in June, but my first kids book is coming out this October. It's called What Sounds Fun to You, and it's available for pre-order right now. To pre-order a copy for the mini BFFs in your life, just go to whatsoundsfuntoyou.com to get some fun pre-order perks. There's a fun coloring sheet with stickers and a super cute little label that I'll personalize and autograph so you can stick it in the front cover and gift it to your kiddo or mini BFF. Again, just go to whatsoundsfuntoyou.com to redeem your pre-order bonuses. I can't wait to get all these fun goodies in your hands. But before we dive into today's conversation, I want to tell you about one of our incredible partners, BetterHelp. Is there something that's preventing you from achieving your goals? Or are there things in your life you could just use some help processing? I get it. I find time with my counselor to be so helpful for stuff like that. BetterHelp's an amazing way to connect with a licensed professional therapist. And when you answer the questions on their online survey, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with a therapist who you can connect with in a safe and private online environment. Y'all, it is so convenient. I mean, you start communicating in under 24 hours and can send a message to your counselor at any time and they respond to you in a really timely fashion. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. Now, it's not a self-help and it's not a crisis hotline. It is professional counseling. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. I think that really, really matters. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is also available. They've thought through everything to answer the common obstacles people often run into about counseling. BetterHelp has therapists with a broad range of expertise that may not be offered locally in your area, and their services are available worldwide. They have licensed professional counselors who specialize in helping people deal with depression and stress, anxiety, family issues, sleep, trauma, grief, and more. Just like in-person therapy, anything you share is confidential. BetterHelp is convenient, professional, affordable counseling. I want you guys to start living a healthier life today. So as one of my friends, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun. Join over 1 million people, including so many others in our That Sounds Fun friend group who've taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash that sounds fun. Today on the show, we have our good friend, Pastor Louis Giglio, and he's the pastor of Passion City Church and the founder of the Passion Movement that a lot of us have been so changed by and moved by. And in this book, Pastor Louis digs into one of the best known passages of the Bible, Psalm 23. Y'all are not surprised. It is what we end up talking about a lot. The book's called Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. It's time to win the battle of your mind. And it is so good, y'all. It is really, really good. And we have a beautiful conversation about the Bible and why it matters and why Psalm 23 matters. And we have just got ourselves a theme, friends. So here is my conversation with one of our favorite pastors, Pastor Louis Giglio. Okay, can I pray for us and then we'll jump in? Please do. Yeah, Lord, we just thank you for this work and for Louis and Shelly. And God, I thank this book matters and taking back ground from the enemy matters and not letting him speak into our lives matters so deeply. And so, Lord, would you just, would you direct this from start to finish? Would this just be exactly what um, you would have us say that people would get the book and and that mostly they would take back what the enemies tried to steal and that you would step in and um, set a table. So we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Let's party. Louie, welcome back to That Sounds Fun. I'm so happy to be back. Thank you for having me again. 
oh my gosh, are you kidding? It was like, as soon as I saw the book, I was like, can someone please call Louie and let's go. Let's talk about this. <laughs> well, same with me. I started doing all these interviews and podcasts and I'm like, when is Annie Downs appearing on my day sheet? And so finally that happened and I was That's like, right. yes. Here I am. Let's talk first. Y'all just announced passion for January. Come on. It's happening. Yeah, crazy, crazy. And uh, the short version of it is we were in, obviously, a global uh, season of limbo. Right. And we didn't know what we were going to be doing, and no one knows what they're going to be doing six months from now. But sure. the NFL released their schedule. They had a tiny little crack right at the moment we could do Passion. This is like four weeks ago they let us know. There's a little window. What do you guys want to do? Uh, and I'm like, oh my goodness, are you kidding? It's yeah. it's January. I mean, it's June, and we're talking about an event in January, but we're taking a big step, Annie. We feel like it's time to come back and do something big and bold. Um, yeah. Not just big for the sake of big, but it's been a long time since uh, there's been a stadium full of Jesus people yes. worshiping Him together, and we're going for it. So. Passion 2022, it's happening, January 2nd and 3rd. Can you even believe you're saying Passion 2022 since this thing started <laughs> in 99, right? One day 99 was the first well, one? Well, that's a crazy thought. And, you know, we we thought we had a four-year plan. And once we got to one day 2000, <laughs> I personally thought that's what God called us to do. Yeah. 40,000 people showed up. We felt like God started something that really is still rippling around the world. But turns out there are new 18 to 25-year-olds every year. Yeah. And so <laughs> People keep having babies, and they keep growing up. And so we're still here by the grace of God. It is really amazing that we are. But, you know, we're also inviting some younger voices. Sadie and Christian yeah. are walking alongside of us because Shelly and I realize we are the parents of this thing, but it also needs to be a multi-generational uh, a movement. And yeah. so I love seeing that God's still working. And we we have had some moments, even Annie, in the recent few months that have been highlight moments for us in our whole movement. And I just love that God still has so much more in store for us, yeah. that even though our pasts are filled with incredible moments of heaven touching down on our lives, there's still so much more to come. And it's not just a slogan, the best is yet to come, because heaven is yet to come. That's right. So the best is yet to come. But I yeah. believe in life for all of us today, the best is yet to come. Yes. I would imagine you are starting, because I'm your target audience for Passion, it's starting in 99 and up, you know, like it's my age. I would imagine you are starting to get second generation Passion students. Is that true? Listen, we had, uh, I can remember when like our friends, six and seven-year-old kids were like, um, will you promise me you'll still be doing passion <laughs> when I'm old enough to come? And I would go, no, I'm not promising you yes, that. Are you kidding? Yes. And now they've come to passion and they've aged out of passion. Yeah. And so it's like, oh my goodness. So uh, if anybody's got a baby dedication coming up, just tell them, <laughs> you know, yes, you're going to get to go to passion you'll conference. Get to go to passion. <laughs> What is the Lord doing in that generation, 18 to 25? What did the pandemic do to them that it didn't do to me? Well, I don't know. You know, that's a great question. And you'd have to ask one of them that. I know for us, we're watching our young adult ministry come back with the most um, 
I don't know how to describe it, but more spiritual energy yes. in our YA crew at Passion City Church than probably anywhere else in our church. And it might have been that it taught them kind of what community really looks like mm. and how important it is and that you can't live a socially di- digital life. You have to actually have people around. And I don't know, there's a hunger, there's a freshness. They wanted, I've, I've just, I'm observing this. I think they wanted to kind of see the system refreshed before the pandemic. And then yeah. the pandemic definitely refreshed the system. Yeah. And I think, speaking again, not for them, but just observing that they are hoping that this won't be a stamp, a rubber stamp of what was now moving forward, but this will be a new page that God writes on and anything can be written on that page. Yeah. Not anything, obviously, theological, church is the church, That's what we right. believe is what we believe, but the expression of that can be fresh and it can be new. When you think toward and y'all are praying toward Passion 22, what are the themes y'all are thinking about? Like where, where, what do we say to them next? Okay, so you're uh, you're just right up in my real life world oh, sorry. right now, Annie. So <laughs> sorry, Luke. Forget about the rollout plan, people. We're just going to get into oh, we it don't, right we here. We can cut it. We don't have to answer. You don't have to answer. <laughs> Well, I just no, here's how special this moment was. So a few weeks ago, and this is before we really even said to our entire team, we're going to announce Passion next week. Yeah. Our board had spent some time praying about it. All this is real time. We just really officially decided to do Passion about nine days ago. Oh, my gosh. And so one of my team said, hey, our creative, uh, our design team wants to come in and, and make the pitch for the, the creative rollout. The website, the artwork, the yeah. the logo, the 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 typeface, all this stuff, and I'm like, great. How how have they come up with this plan? We've just decided to do this. They and he said we, they've been working on it all year. So for five months, not knowing if or when there was going to be a passion, our team was asking God to give them the visual picture yeah. of what passion would look like to people. So they come in my office, and I'm expecting a logo, a typeface, a treatment, a direction, a design, a palette. And one of our designers says, uh, the first thing I want to put up is a verse from Scripture because we prayed and asked God to give us a direction, and He did. And He led us to Revelation 7, 9. And I'm thinking, hey... Come on, props to the design team no who's coming kidding. in here with a scripture verse yes. before we look at anything else. Well, Annie, they've been working on this five months. A few highlights of the year. Shelly and I were at a, a Bible translation event in April yeah. that we believe very much in, but it totally blew our hearts up again for the Bibleist people of the world. Yeah, We're in a series in Acts that we started on Pentecost called To the Ends of the Earth. And 2021 is the year that passion's going to really re-engage with the fact that we're for God, for people, for the city, this fourth line, for the world. What are we doing every day to impact people who don't know Jesus, have never heard the gospel, don't have any scripture in their language? All these things are colliding in real time. But this guy's telling me five months ago, God gave us this verse. Puts the verse up on the screen, and here's the verse. And I looked, and I saw a great multitude, too big to count, from every nation, every people, every tribe, and every language, 
standing before the throne. They were dressed in white and holding palm branches, and they said in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And I just, I mean, got chill bumps all over my whole body. I do too. And it was if God was saying right in that moment, the bins is on. I am in. The wind is in the sails. And what I want to do is I want to invite the generation in and I want to send them out. And I'm like, this is what we've been about since day one, Passion That's right. 97. This is what we were about. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's one of the main things that we want to see God do at the bends is awaken people that there is one plan going on on planet Earth right now. And it yes. is that we would be empowered by the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. earth. A, I love that. (laughs) B, I I feel that in me, Louie. I feel something new in the last six months about getting the gospel out. Like, just like, are we making gospel decisions that further the gospel? I mean, the Lord and I have had some like— what will you give up to see the gospel go? Kind of conversations wow. that are really hard. I mean, like crying hard where he's going, what would you give for the gospel to go further through your life? And he's never asked me that that question before. So it just makes me wonder if there's a global thing. Yeah, there's a global thing. It's called the Great Commission. Yeah. And the Great Commission <laughs> like, yeah, has yeah. in some ways been redefined and this is a really important thing, but the Great Commission has been redefined in the last 10 years as on earth as it is in heaven. And that is not the Great Commission. That's right. The Great Commission is, and you will be my witnesses here, there, and everywhere. It's the last words of Jesus should be the first priority of the church. Mm. And there are, this um, movement that I was a part of uh, in April is a coalition of all the Bible translators on earth under one banner. And Annie, God willing, they're going to have a portion of scripture in every person on earth's heart language by 2033. Yes. It's right in sight. It's it's right there. It just requires the technology needs to advance and the finances need to be there. And God is, you could feel the wind of God in this sail. Like yeah. I, I, Shelly and I walked away and we were like, we've been in a gale wind of God, of God, heart, spirit, force. Yeah. This is what God is doing. And I said, babe, this is what we're going to be doing yes. because this is where, where God is. And the people were so excited. 2033, there's going to be a portion. That doesn't mean a Bible. That means a chapter maybe or yeah. a psalm or a few verses in every person's heart language. And I was one of the main speakers at this thing. And I said, that's so exciting, isn't it? Except for the people who won't make it to 2033. Oh, wow. Right. And so we need to pray that God will exponentially, supernaturally speed up speed technology it up. speed it up and processes yeah. and speed up our hearts to do and the fact that you just said that you and the lord have been talking about getting the gospel out means that you actually believe there is a gospel yes and i think that's in question for a lot of people right mm. now that there is something called the good news yeah. and i was preaching sunday acts uh, 4:12 um there is no other name under heaven, 
given among men by which we must be saved. Yeah. And I still yeah. believe that. And yeah. if there's one name, then we've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Louis, it's one of my favorite things about you and Shelly is that you you believe and teach and have lived that the whole Bible is true and that theology is true and that Jesus is the way. I mean, you, that's what y'all have built this everything on. And so that's why those of us that are in our 40s are still keeping up, even though we're 20 years past when we're allowed to show up at this stuff. <laughs> so, Well, you have a standing invitation to Passion 2022, and I hope oh. that you'll be with us in the bins. Uh, be- I will really awesome for us. I will absolutely be there. Absolutely. It's, it's on, as soon as I saw the date, I put it on my calendar. So I will be there. Let's talk about the Bible getting to the ends of the earth. What is it about the Bible? Some of our friends listening, uh, but most, most everybody owns one. You can get it on your phone. What is it about the Bible that is, that is the reason that's what everyone needs? They don't need a video. They don't need a sentence. They need actual scripture in their heart language. What is it about the Bible? Well, the Bible is life. Um, the Word of God is life. And so, and, and not only is it life, it's truth. So it's all kinds of things. It's truth. It's direction. It is God's story. But mostly it's life. It's the bread of life. Um, man does not live by bread alone. A very mm-hmm. famous person said this, a famous <laughs> uh, spiritual leader. Yes. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So if that's how you live, is by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord, then we need to get the words that proceed from the mouth of the Lord into the hands of people. And most of these people we're talking about, a lot of them, you could go up uh, maybe four language groups from their heart language. So their tribe speaks a certain particular language. Ah, Their region speaks a regional language. The broader collection of eight regions speak a more of a a higher level language. And so if you went to the marketplace in a city way over there, you could kind of navigate. But the, the, the language your mom spoke to you in when you were nursing as a baby, yeah, that's your heart language. Got it. And when you hear God's word in that language, it speaks to you at a different level. It's the difference between ha- owning Bitcoin and having a dollar bill in your hand, yes, you know, yes. that you can kind of crumple up and feel. Yep. And so that's what we're working toward. We're working toward the heart languages, and there are thousands of heart languages, thousands of people groups, not of people, but of people groups, representing a billion plus, two billion people who are Bibleists today. Mm-hmm. And so Gosh, it's two billion people, Louis. It's what God is doing. It's what God's always been about. And somehow it just, we missed it for a moment, but yeah. I think God's bringing us back in. So, those of us that read our Bible once a week or something, like it's in our lives, but it's not, it's not an everyday habit. Why upgrade? Why do we go every day? Uh, we go every day because I don't know anybody who eats once a week. Mm. And <laughs> if um, and if it is life, if these words are life, then we're starving our soul six days a week, and then giving ourselves a kind bar on the one day a week that we are in the yeah. Word of God. Yeah. When we we need a balanced diet mm-hmm. every single day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I read through the Gospels once a month last year. I did all four of them twelve times, wow. and. 
And I, I could not be more significantly different because of it, Louis. I mean, I, I have seen in my life that when you commit to a thing, when it comes to scripture, and this year I'm going through the whole Bible for the first time in my 40 years, which is hugely embarrassing, but it's true. I've never lasted till June before, till July. But it is just an incredible, um, I did not know how much it would change me, even though I grew up in this. I didn't know how much eating every day would change me. So, Well, the thing about the scripture that I, I obviously you would agree with this, it stuns me. Um, I saw something in scripture just this past week that I don't think I'd ever noticed before. Uh-huh. And it like blew me up, like really blew me up. And uh, you could feel it in my preaching Sunday because I preached about it. I didn't really say to people, hey, I'd never seen this before. But you can come to this meal day after day after day, and it's not like going through the drive-thru at, you know, whatever quick service restaurant, and you know what the number seven is. I mean, even though you know what it says in Matthew 5, verse 10, you could read that verse tomorrow, and it could, the Holy Spirit could breathe it into your moment of time in a completely different way than he did the other hundred times you read it. This word the grass will wither and the flower will fade, but the word of God stands forever, not just because it's durable, but because it's eternal. And it eternally speaks, it eternally brings life. Yes, yes. I, I mean, I, I've never felt more passionate about saying to people, just read your Bible. I don't care what questions you have. I don't care. I mean, if you'll just read it, this is all going to get sorted out for you because it's living and active and isn't going anywhere. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation with Louie really quick to share about another one of our incredible partners, Flamingo. Whether it's my morning reading, journaling, praying time, or regular hikes at Radnor Lake, those self-care rituals help keep me grounded, y'all. It's like me time that we all really need. But after a while, some parts of the daily routine can start to feel dull, like shaving, but it doesn't have to be that way. You can turn shaving from a chore to a ritual with Flamingo. Flamingo makes an award-winning razor and body care products that aren't overpriced. They're on a mission to elevate the parts of your daily routine that deserve more attention with feel-good body care products that really work, like their $9 award-winning razor and their amazing shave gel that's formulated to help you get your closest shave. Right now, you can get Flamingo's award-winning shave set for just $16 at shopflamingo.com Annie. Y'all, I love my Flamingo razors. Yes, I have more than one. The rose gold one stays at my house in the shower. My white one travels with me everywhere I go. I love the satiny feel of the handle and the beautiful color choices and the fact that they provide such a clean, close, and comfortable shave every time. The company was started by a group of women at Harry's, the men's shaving brand. I love this. They just wanted a better experience for women. Thank you, ladies. They've crafted razors that are beautiful and affordable, only $2 per blade. And they've been going strong for over seven years. And with Flamingo's 30-day money-back guarantee, you can try it out risk-free. So get the Flamingo Shave Set with everything you need for a luxurious, smooth shave at shopflamingo.com slash Annie. The set includes Flamingo's award-winning razor, also award-winning shave gel, and body lotion, all for just $16, plus free shipping. One less trip to the drugstore, you guys. So get yours today at shopflamingo.com slash Annie. Again, that's shopflamingo.com slash Annie. And now back to our conversation with Louie. I'm having fun. I don't know if you are, but I'm having a good time. This is so refreshing. (laughs) Yes, I am having a ball. Don't you worry. Okay, so now take what we hear what we're talking about. 
about Scripture being alive. And the thing I told you before we started that I'll remind our friends listening is, in a way that only the Holy Spirit could care about this, we keep coming back to Psalm 23 here at That Sounds Fun. People keep mentioning it. People keep talking about it and passing, uh, especially around Easter for some reason. It just kept happening. And then here you are saying this whole book, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table, is around Psalm 23. You know, Psalm 23 is, uh, I think, for my money, the most well-known passage of Scripture in the Bible. If you ask people who are casually connected to faith, they probably know the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh-huh. They probably have heard, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yes. But what happened to this psalm is it got mothballed into <laughs> a mentality yes. of grandma's cross-stitch that's on the wall behind the dining room table. Right. And we missed out on the fact that this is a very gritty, gutty, personal, powerful invitation from God. And if you go through a 2020 and there's someone saying to you, I can lead you beside, I can uh, make you lie down in green pasture. So mm-hmm. that's what happened in 2020. Mm-hmm. You guys aren't smart enough to lie down. So I'm going to make all of y'all lie down yes. in a green pasture. Yes. I'm going to lead you besides to water. I'm going to guide you in paths of righteousness for my name's sake. I'll be with you. I'll protect you. I'll provide for you. I'll anoint you. I will give you abundance. I'll follow you. And at the end of the day, I'm preparing a place for you forever mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. Would you like for me to do that for you? Right. And I don't know why we're not saying, yes, I would like you to do that. I need all of those things in my life. And I can't think of anyone better to lead me, protect me, guide me, provide for me than you. So Mm -hmm. yes, please be my shepherd. And so we're trying to, uh, one of the chapters in this is called Psalm 23 Remix, just trying to get it out of the mothballs and back into yeah. the current vernacular because this is what every single one of us needs right now. Yeah. There is just something about cutting this, uh, which you've done so beautifully in your book, cutting this one chapter, slicing it down to go, do you actually know what God's offering? I mean, over and over, will you just talk talk about the table? Talk about the table and and what that is that God's offering us. The way you describe it is... Amazing. Well, the the whole picture of this thing happens so random. You know, I get this text from my friend while I'm in this moment where I just want to commiserate over a little tiny petty thing. And something happens and I get a bit of vindication. So I send a text to a friend saying, you're not going to believe what happened today. And the friend sends back what I needed to hear, not what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear, Louis, you're amazing. Louis, you're such a good guy. Louis, we all love you. I got nine words back, and the nine words were, don't give the enemy a seat at your table. And Annie, they cut through the fog so fast, and I realized I'm acting like an orphan, and I'm the son of a king. I've spent months now fretting over this whole situation, consternation, laying awake at night, trying to manage it, control it, Mm -hmm. um, trying to dictate all the outcomes. And I'm like, what am I doing? I am letting the enemy sit at my table and I'm having a conversation Hmm. with my adversary who's out to destroy my life. And standing at the top of my driveway, I just decided I'm taking my table 
back. Yeah. But the text led me to the text. So, yeah. so did I you, didn't write Did a, you Google, when you got that text message, did you think <laughs> the other table, like the, kind of work people through how you end up at Scripture? Yeah, so, you know, I, I didn't want to write a book for sure or even go and preach a message about a text I got from a friend. Right. The Lord helped me, and I don't even know the process by which I ended up a few weeks later landing in Psalm 23 and all of a sudden seeing verse 5 like I'd never seen it before. Mm-hmm. The Lord, this shepherd, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I'd read that verse all of my life, but it never registered on me. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute. If I had written Psalm 23, I would have written it this way. The Lord prepares a table before me in his presence. Ah, yes. Isn't right. that? Well, that's where we that's, all want to be. I just want to be in the Lord's presence. sounds way better, presence. yeah. That's I would have right. pre- I would have written it that way, and you prepare tail before me in your presence. Forget about the enemies. D- wipe out the enemies. Right. I just want to be in your presence. Yeah. But there's a big reason, and we can talk about it at the end about why he put the table in the presence of the enemies. But the oh, picture I'm going to ask is, you. The creator of the universe is providing you what you need, and what you need isn't on the table. What you need is who is at the table. And he is sitting with you in the middle of the difficulty, the pressure, the relationship that's falling apart, the cancer war, the diagnosis, the collapse, the pandemic, the struggle. He's sitting in it with you, and he's prepared a feast before you Mm -hmm. because he's a God of abundance. And everything you need, mostly him, is right before you. He booked the table. He prepared the meal. He invited you to attend. He showed up from heaven. He Mm -hmm. paid for it all himself to say, I love you. You matter. I want a relationship with you and everything you need for every moment of your life. It's right here at this table. Why does the enemy get a seat from us so much? He does it for me too. It's so infuriating where I rise that the person I'm listening to the most at this dinner is telling me stuff that's terrible about me, about what we're working on, about my future. Like, how does he even get in there? He comes in mostly through the door of our doubt and through the weakness of our flesh. I know for me, Hmm. I, I have a high need for approval, more than I wish I had. So I want people to like me. I want people to think that I'm doing a good job. I want people to think that I'm a good leader and that I'm a nice and kind person. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to achieve. And so I'm working a little bit at a deficit. Like I want to do great things, but I also want everybody to like me. Those two things normally don't (laughs) fit together good. Ask anybody who's leading a family or a business or a church or an organization. When you got to make decisions, some people are going to like it, some people aren't. Mm-hmm. And so when you when you make a decision and you feel like, oh, man, I got some pushback from over there, the enemy slides right into that. If mm-hmm. your marriage right now is in a tough spot, he's going to slide right into that. If yeah. your boss came in and told you they didn't like the direction you were going in at work, he's going to slide right into that. Mm-hmm. If you've got some internal struggle going on and you don't think you're worth it, He's going to slide right into that. He's Mm going to find the crack where there's the deficit, Mm -hmm. and he's going to ease his way in. And he's not going to say, hey, I would like to ruin your life. Right. That's the problem. (laughs) He's going to slide in and say, how are things going at home? Mm. 
and you're going to go, terrible. And he's going to go, I know. I don't know how you live with her. Honestly, I would have left a long time ago, bro. I mean, you should get a medal. Or how things going at work? Your boss still a jerk? And we we go, yeah, still a jerk. And he goes, I don't know how you stay in that job. I don't know how you do it. They don't recognize you there. They don't value there. Nobody cares about you there. I don't even know how you show up every day. And Mm. that's what our flesh wants. It wants to be validated in its weakness. And God wants to elevate our flesh into his strength. I'll say that one more time. Our flesh wants to be validated in its weakness. But what the Spirit wants to do is elevate our weakness into God's strength. And so it depends on which road we really want to be on that day. Mm -hmm. And if you want to be on a road where your weakness gets validated— Man, text five people who will help you do that real fast. Right. And the, the enemy will get right in there, and he will fan that flame, and eventually making you think you're going to feel better, he will yep. end up absolutely cutting your legs out from under you and leaving you in a puddle on the floor. I, I mean, I hate him for a lot of reasons, and I'm glad that you and I like actively spend our lives against him. It's kind of one of the better parts of this whole gig. But what I hate the most is when he whispers to me what to do and then shames me to death on the backside. He is such a such a skill, skillful deceiver. Ugh. You know, he he's the one who tempts, right? Because if we're tempted, the scripture says the Lord didn't tempt us. Um, we were pulled away by our own lust and enticed into this decision. We know the enemy's on that track, but as soon as we make the decision, we think the sin, we say the sin, we do the sin, he just flips on us. And he's like, you are the most defective Christian I've yes. ever seen in my life. Don't yes. even think that you're going to get back in God's graces. You're not going to even have a shot at doing anything good with your life again. And we're like, oh, I know. And then we just let him do it again. And when, instead of right. going, you're the one that got me into this in the first place. So get up you're from out. my table. Shut up. Get up from the table. <laughs> Dear Shepherd, I really yes. messed this up. Can you help me? Can yes. you lead me to repentance and lead me back to something good? Yes. And so he comes in with the, the, the temptation, the enticing story, but then he slams us to the ground with guilt, shame, and condemnation. And we've got to break both of those links in the cycle if we're going to get out of this spiral of sin and temptation. It is so infuriating to me. Uh, For our friends, listen, as we're thinking this through in our own lives, can you give like, if we're sifting our thoughts and trying to figure out who's talking at my table, is this me? Is this just like my flesh and what I want? Is this God telling me what to do? Or is this the enemy? What's some of the uh, filters that we should be paying attention to, some questions we should be asking when we're hearing these thoughts? Well, you asked the question earlier, you know, why not? Why do we, you know, not read our Bible every day and just read it once a week? The question is, why don't we put our eyes on the shepherd when we wake up in the morning and try to read his lips all day long. Mm. And if we do, then we've got a communication coming to us so that we don't have to navigate the lie because the enemy didn't get a word in edgewise because we were listening to Jesus at the beginning of the day, through the day. When we stop listening to Jesus, we stop realizing he's sitting at the table. We do 
abandon his word. Now we've mm-hmm. just got a big open mind for whatever thought wants to drift in and have a seat at the table. And mm-hmm. it's not really that important if it was me thinking that or something from my memory from 10 years ago or if the enemy lodged that thought in. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. What we do is we examine the thought, we investigate, and we ask this question of the thought. Let's say yeah. it's fear. You're, you're, you're fearful of an outcome in a relationship. So you ask the question, where did this fear come from? Where did you come from? And it has to answer. Yes. I came from the pit or I came from the throne. And if if it's fear, then we know it didn't come from the throne because the throne has told us 366 times in the living word, fear not. Yes. We know God isn't afraid. So it must have come from the pit. And so then mm-hmm. we have to address that thought and go, I'm sorry, you came from the pit. You're going to have to get up from my table yeah. in Jesus' name. Yeah. Because this shepherd sitting here is not sitting here to make me afraid. He's sitting here to let me know that he is with me and mm. I will fear no evil. So mm-hmm. it's just redirecting, Annie, our gaze to Jesus. And it's locking onto what he's saying to us. And I would recommend inviting a few people in real life, flesh and blood, yes. to the table yes. who also listen to what the king is saying every single day so that when we do drift a little bit off course, they don't go, oh, Louie, it's okay, buddy. We're going to just commiserate. They go, whoa, what are you doing? What yes. are you thinking? You are yes. not acting like a son of God right now. You need to get back on track. Hey friends, just taking one quick last break to hear from our amazing partners, Curology. Curology makes medical grade skincare more accessible with their custom approach to care. They pair up their members with a medical provider trained in dermatology, meaning you can find a dermatology provider without ever having to leave your couch. I spend a ton of time outside and I haven't quite always been as diligent about sunscreen as I could have been, which has left me with some dark spots and some fine lines that I wanted to deal with. And dermatologists can cost a pretty penny. And not all the drugstore products I tried quite provided the results I was hoping for. So enter Curology. Here's how it works. You start by answering questions online about your skin and sending a couple of selfies to Curology. And next, Curology matches you with a licensed dermatology provider who gets to know your skin. And if it's a good fit, you'll get a customized prescription cream to address your acne, your fine lines, dark spots, whatever you are dealing with. And then Curology sets you up with a personalized treatment plan and ships you custom formulas right to your door. My customized products included prescription strength retinol and an amazing cleanser and moisturizer showed up on my doorstep. How convenient. And I've been so impressed with the results. My complexion has been clear and it's been really smoothed out. Some of those fine lines I was looking to say goodbye to. So get started with your customized skincare today. Go to curology.com slash that sounds fun for a free 30 day trial. Just pay for shipping and handling. That's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y.com slash that sounds fun to unlock your free 30-day trial. See Curology.com for all the details. And now back to finish up our conversation with Pastor Louie. I I literally had a conversation with a friend yesterday, Louie, where he said some sentences out loud to me, and I said, can we just, can I just change that sentence and tell you what's actually true? Because the sentence wow. you're telling yourself is actually not, and I have to do it too. I mean, you saying that we need to say it out loud— to me, that is one of the best ways to be a good friend to yourself is to say out loud, who's telling me this? I wonder who's telling me this because then as soon as you say it out loud, you're right. You get an answer pretty quick one way or the other. 
We talk in the book about like if, if someone were to say, how would I know if the enemy was at my table? I say, well, here's six things that yep. if you're hearing these things and repeating them, you know the enemy's at your table. And one of them is I'm not going to make it. Mm. I'm not going to make it through this situation, through this semester. I'm not going to make it through this quarter at work. I'm not going to make it through this pandemic. I'm not going to make it through whatever it is. And we repeat that. So think about how many times we've said to a friend over coffee when they said, how's it going, man? Our opening line was, I don't know. Mm. I don't know, man. I don't know how it's going. And then we followed with, if I'm honest, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Mm. And we reward that as being vulnerable oh, and go transparent. Here. We reward that and say, man, that's keeping it real right there. Yeah. That's not fake Christianity. I'm going to, you know, I'm blessed and highly favored. Um, <laughs> you know, that's keeping it real. When yes. you just said, you don't know if you're going to make it, that's keeping it real. And I'm like, no, that's keeping it wrong when you said say that. Say it, Because Louis. here's the thing, the two things. Number one, your shepherd didn't tell you you weren't going to make it through it. He told you we actually were going to go through the valley of the mm-hmm. shadow of death. We're going through it, not to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. The second thing that's real is that every time the enemy told me I wasn't going to make it, when my dad got um, had a debilitating disease and I realized my dad is going to never walk, never work, never yeah. play golf, be wheelchair bound. He can't see out of anything from this plane of vision. Mm. He doesn't know if it's day or night. He's going to require 24-hour-a-day care. My mom's life basically is coming to an end right here as a full-time caregiver. We don't have the financial resources to hire a big staff. And this is reality from here on out without a miracle. And when the enemy said to me, you're not going to make it through this. Mm. You know what? He was wrong. That's right. Because I'm sitting here right now Mm -hmm. and I made it. When my mom had a debilitating illness, and after six years, she died of a debilitating illness, and I stood there with her when she took her last breath. Mm-hmm. Many times in that journey, the enemy said, you're not going to make it through this. Yeah. 2020, oh, he sent me a text every other day and <laughs> told me, you're not going to make it through this. Yes. Your church won't make it through this. You personally won't make it through this. Right. And every time he told me that, he was wrong. Yes. Because I made it through everything he told me I wouldn't make it through. So I want to be real. And when I sit down with uh, coffee with you, and it is a hard season of life, and you ask me, how am I doing? I don't want to go, oh, I'm doing so wonderful. <laughs> I am favor. just seated on the throne <laughs> with Christ. Hello. Right. I'm buying coffee for everybody today. Right. I want to be able to say, Annie, this is, the, this is one of the hardest things we've ever been through. But I'll tell you one thing I know. I'm going to make it. Yeah. God's going to bring me through. Yes. That is both real, but it's also true. Yeah. Yes. That's the trick, right? Is we have to say what's real and what is true when we are, because you're saying it beautifully. We don't want to be fake and pretend like something isn't wrong if something's wrong. But talk about why it matters that we say the true thing out loud, Louie. What what happens in the atmosphere if what we're saying is true versus if what we're saying is, I'm not going to make it? Well, okay. So we'll speed up to the ultimate question that should be the big, big question at the end. Why is the table in the presence of the enemies? Yeah. Why did God do that? 
it's the same answer to your question now. Why does it matter that we say the truth? Well, A, the truth sets you free. Yeah. So the more you speak truth over your life, the more freedom you're speaking over your mm-hmm. life. But the main reason, and I hope people will see this, the main reason it matters that we say what's true is because when we say what's true, it honors and glorifies God. Yeah. So if I had a coffee and I was just real, but I wasn't true, yeah. it would glorify me. Man, what an authentic bro. What a what a transparent guy. What a I can relate to that guy. That yeah. guy really he's living an authentic life. Mm-hmm. He's in touch with what's real. But then you'd walk out the door and what would you think about God? Yeah. I guess you would think God likes it when we're honest and tell people it's hard. Mm-hmm. But aren't people supposed to walk away and think about God? God is great. And not us. Yes. God is amazing. That's good. God is powerful. And when I had coffee with Louie today, man, he's in a tough spot right now. I mean, like, I don't know how they're making it other than the grace of God. Mm-hmm. And he, he even said that. He said, if this was up to me, I would make it right now. But thank God it's not up to me. Yeah. Jesus is in me and it's working. It's real. He's sustaining me. He's giving me what I need. And now the person goes home and they don't care about me anymore. Yes. They're not interested in my transparency and authenticity. That's right. They really are now going, how can I tap into that grace, goodness, power, supernatural ability of God to do something in me that I know I can't do by myself? Mm -hmm. So at the table... If my, if my gaze is on Jesus, this is what the psalmist said, those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered in shame. So if I'm looking at him, I'm going to reflect him. If I'm looking at the worry, I'm going to reflect the worry. Hmm. If I'm looking at the pandemic, you're just going to see pandemic all over yeah, my face. Yeah. But if in the pandemic, I'm looking at the shepherd, you're going to see the shepherd on my face. And you may for a moment go, wow, Louis, he's really doing good. He, he could... He could punch back right here, but he didn't. Or yeah. he could really collapse, but he didn't. But eventually they stop looking at you and they yes. want to know, who are you looking at? Yeah, Who's how are you this doing table? this? Yes. And then they start looking at him. Yes. And in the middle of the enemies, Jesus gets the glory of being enough for us mm-hmm. no matter the circumstance that we're in. And then the gospel goes forward in our lives. Amen. Right? Come on. That is it. Uh, Our mutual buddy, Matt Chandler, I saw him last week, and we were talking about his um, Revelation series he just taught through. And he said one of the the sentences, I'm sorry, I won't remember what verse, but we'll link it. It literally says that we sing in the face of the enemy. And I was like, let's go. (laughs) So that everything you're saying to me between Psalm 23 and that part in Revelation, am I hearing you correctly that part of the reason— God sets the table in front of the enemy is we get to be part of the battle of defeating him. I mean, we get to say back to him what is true. Absolutely. But you know how you go to a sporting event sometimes and they pick that couple that's up in the nosebleed Uh and they bring them down to the courtside seat? Uh, That's what I think God wants to do for our neighbors and for people that we don't even know. They're up in the nosebleed right now. Their view of, of the gospel is is distant yeah. or maybe distorted. And what God wants to do through our hardship is give them a courtside seat yeah. so that they yeah. can see up close and see better, a, a less distorted picture 
of a real person going through intense hardship with a sufficient source to make it. Yeah. And so he's saying, everybody gather around. I know you're trying to take this guy out, but while you're trying to take him out, I'm going to provide for him everything he needs. And so when he walks in the office next week, he's not going to punch you. He's going to bless you. Yeah. He's going to buy you lunch. He's going to put kindness on you because I anointed his or her head with oil and their cup is overflowing. So they're going to be able to come in, even though you are sticking a knife in their back and they're yes. going to be nice to you and they're going to be kind to you and extend grace and goodness to you. Not without reason, obviously. There are boundaries we all need to draw. But that's the gospel. And yeah. when people see it, they're like, How, what is going on here? This is not normal. And that's how we tell people about the love and the grace of God. Yeah, because if we only tell them what's real and we don't tell them what's true, they don't get to hear the gospel part. They just hear the human part. They need to hear the, the what's real and what's true, but they also need to know that... Um, there's something powerful enough of the cross that I can bless those who curse me mm. and mm -hmm. I can turn the other cheek. Again, this doesn't mean we don't have boundaries. You don't keep living in dangerous situations. You don't put yourself in harmful context unless you're Jesus, and then you put yourself in a really harmful context. But yes. we're not advocating that today, yes. so I hope people understand what we're saying. Yes. You need to protect your relationships and protect yourself in some cases. But when we are attacked or when the enemy, whatever the enemy is, pressure, finances, relationship, when it comes, we all want the eject button. And God is saying, what if it's not the eject button? What if it's the sit down at the table button? Mm. And you realize I put you here with me. I'm with you. Really? So you're going to have yes. what you need, but I put you here so that they can have an opportunity to observe that I'm a God who forgives, yes. that grace is greater that mercy is available. And you know who they're going to see it through? You. Right. You're going to forgive. You're going to extend grace. Right. You're right. going to extend the mercy. And then they're going to go, how did you do that? And you're going to go, sure, surely wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> surely wasn't me. But boy, have I ever been the beneficiary yeah. of grace and mercy and forgiveness. Yeah. And so I want to reflect it back to you. God, it just feels like such a generous invitation from God that he would ever use our lives, right? I mean, it just makes me teary. Well, if it's about me, then I get to hold a grudge. Yeah, you know? yeah, hey, or I, get I, celebrated. I, or get celebrated. You know, I deserve, I deserve to hold a grudge. Right. And I'm saying this like it's easy. I am not an expert at this. I'm a human being in the middle of a struggle. But I can't let myself off the hook and just say, hey, I deserve to be celebrated, or I deserve to hold a grudge, mm -hmm. because it's not about me. It's about Jesus, and Jesus is not a, a grudge holder, and he does get to be celebrated because yeah. he should be celebrated. Yeah. So once we make the big shift, and this is what passion obviously is all about, yeah. it's trying to help a generation realize it's not about you. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds harsh, but it's actually the best thing you can ever hear yeah. because it'll allow you to make your life about something that's way bigger and more glorious yeah. than you, and it'll make your life about a story that's never going to end. What's your favorite thing about Jesus? Whew, wow. Mm. The look in his eye that lets you know that he is great, yeah. but that he thinks you're great too. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a beautiful, that is a beautiful answer. For our friends listening, you haven't experienced that yet. You just have to ask for it. It's just a, it's, you just have to ask for it and he'll show you. Louie, we've done it again, my friend. We, I could, I mean, my heart is so full, I could explode. Just so you know, I feel like I'm going to explode in just a second. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to make sure we cover? Uh, no, I loved it. Great. Incredible. Me too. The last question we always ask, because the show is called <laughs> That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. Okay, right now, um, and I knew you were going to ask me that, okay, so good. I thought about it. Um, I have a friend, uh, Shelly and I have a friend on the International Space Station currently. Yes. We were um, able to be a part of his launch and be with him uh, right before he sat on top of a Falcon rocket. He's orbiting the <laughs> Earth 17,500 miles an hour, yes. 250 miles up. And the ISS tracker app tells us when, with 10 days notice, he's coming over our house. Yeah. How good the sighting's going to be, how long it's going to last, how high up he's going to be. And so we'll know by looking at our weather app what our chances are. We got up Saturday morning, 5.04. Here he comes. <laughs> and if you haven't seen the space station come over your house, it's a must. It's a must. And trust me, you're not going to have to squint and go, is that it? Oh, you'll know when it's coming over. And so right now, that's fun. We're yeah. just tracking the days. And then he, when he comes by, we're like, there goes Shane. We pray for him. We pray for his crewmates. Uh, it's awesome to know there's a brother in Christ yeah. on the station. Yes. And um, so that's, that's fun. That sounds yeah. real fun right now. Before him, my friend Drew Morgan was up there, also a man of God, also an astronaut. And knowing that even me, when I would think what you just said, what I would think, someone who who knows God is getting to see this globe like come this. That, I mean, we just need them to come back and preach. That's what we need. We need them to come back and preach. Hey, Sunday, we're having a live link from Shane at church <gasps> on July 4th, which I'm pumped about. But the other night, the other morning when he came over, I said, Shane, it's going to be like your best pass this month. You got to yeah. get a great nighttime shot of Atlanta. And then he said, hey, because of the sunrise coming in an hour, we couldn't see anything on the eastern seaboard. It was all a big glare. But he said, I did take this picture yesterday. And he emails it to me. And it's my house is in it. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, there's my house. And he said, and see that little cloud in the top right corner? Passion City Church is right under that cloud. And I just pinch out. And I'm like, yep. Sure is. And I'm like, yeah, you know, random life. I just had a friend from the International Space Station right. send me a photograph of my house. <laughs> of my house. Yeah, <laughs> oh, Louie, thanks for making time to do this today. I, I, you know, I just could not be a bigger fan of you and Shelly and the way y'all lead. So you taking time to be on the show just matters a ton to me. Annie, thank you, Shelly, and I love you. And we're so grateful for your voice and your heart, your passion for Jesus. So thanks again. It's a big honor. Oh, you guys, this me the best. Oh, gosh, I'm so thankful. I'm just so thankful. Hey, if you're 18 to 25, I hope I see you at Passion in January. And for all of us, grab a copy of Louis' new book, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. If you aren't already, be sure to give him a follow. Tell him thanks for being on the show. And listen, Psalm 23, y'all, Psalm 23. Do you need anything else to read? Oh, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. 
I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home. Do something that sounds fun to you, and I'll do the same. Have a great couple of days. We'll see you back here on Friday with the lovely Ellie Holcomb. Y'all have a great week. Yeah,